0: HealthWise with
1: Pantai Hospital Kuala
0: Lumpur. On our special edition of HealthWise with Pantai Hospital Kuala Lumpur, we're talking about droopy eyelids with ophthalmologist Dr. Tai Lai Yong.
1: Good morning, Dr. Tai. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Lovely have you here. Now, let's get straight to it. What is ptosis or ptosis? Like, how do you even pronounce it?
2: Okay, I uh, actually we called it Ptosis, but some people like to call it ptosis. Actually, we call it ptosis.
1: Okay, just remember your big toe, and you'll be fine.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what is it? Okay, ptosis actually is a drooping of upper eyelids, and uh, it basically means the upper border, the border of the upper eyelids, fall down into the lower positions than normal. Okay, and then uh, usually it will be very mild or very noticeable. And in severe cases, sometimes the upper eyelid can even droop further down and cover your entire pupil and it might affect your vision as well.
0: Right, okay. Um, Dr. Tai, are droopy eyelids and hooded eyes the same thing?
2: Okay, uh, so I would like to say that actually droopy eyelids has three main reasons. Uh, first is the droopy of the eyebrow and in medical term, we call it brow ptosis and second is the, the excess skin of the skin uh, below the eyebrow just come closer or cover the eyelashes this is what we call it hooded eyes or dermatochalasis in medical term and third is the exact upper eyelids itself being droopy and that's what we call ptosis
1: right so does that mean it's kind of variations of the same thing sort of the droopy eyelids and the hooded eyes? Is it all part of the same condition?
2: Actually, it's part of the same conditions. Like, hooded eye, usually people relate it as ageing, but it can be genetic causes as well. Okay. So, um, just to
1: carry on from that, who gets droopy eyelids?
2: So, uh, actually, droopy eyelids can affect both adults and children. And usually, we have seen in more older adults. And then, uh, the patient, like, uh, anyone actually can get droopy eyelids. And there's no substantial uh, differences in prevalence between uh, men's or women's or even between ethnicities.
1: Okay, so the idea it happens when you get older, is that because of the elasticity in the skin as we age?
2: Yes, you're right. So actually, it's actually more common as part of aging. It's like an aging process. Uh, when we age, right, we kind of lost the elasticity of the uh, upper eyelid skins and the muscles we uh, use to lift up the upper eyelid.
0: Right, okay. Dr. Tai, what are some of the risk factors for droopy eyelids?
2: So, uh, there's a few risk factors of droopy eyelids. Um, first, we commonly see is a uh, patient when you get older. Then, as I early mentioned, it's just because we the muscles that we normally lift up of upper eyelid becomes loose and then is stretched and detached from the insertion sites. So, the other risk factor for uh, doses include contact lens wearer and uh, hoop. Patients who wear prosthetic eye or who have after eyelid surgery or patients who have Botox injections.
1: Okay, so what are the symptoms of droopy eyelids happening?
2: So uh, the symptoms actually depend how severe the eyelid droops. So uh, usually patients will complain of peripheral visual loss, especially at the
1: lateral and superior field. Okay, does that lateral and superior, does that mean like up and to the side? I Uh, mean, I'm seeing your arms moving, but for everyone listening. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: other t- t- uh, symptoms of droopy eyelids or ptosis can be also a uh, complaint of central vision loss. Uh, patients have complained of droopy eyelids, heavier eyelids, brow ache, headache. And sometimes they even like uh, have problem with uh, seeing or driving.
1: And they generally look tired and sleepy. Okay, so when you talk about sort of the symptoms um, and sort of the more obvious ways to sort of diagnose it. Are there any other telltale uh, symptoms or signs that are used in the diagnostics process of whether or not that's just how your eye is versus there being a problem?
2: Okay, so usually when we have a patient present with with complaint of droopy eyelids, so we will examine them, History taking is very important. We ask them when is it, is it happens within hours, days, or over years, you know, and then so what are the associated symptoms. If they have complaints of double visions and loss of visions or difficulty in eye movements, then we might link to other other causes. And uh, after that, we'll do a uh, examination, tower of eye examination under lamp. We we'll do a visual acuity test and visual field test and also some special tests like eye spec tests. And uh, also do a cranial nerve examination and do the vital signs of the eyelids, which including measurements of the up- distance between upper eyelid and lower eyelid and upper eyelid within the eye reflex as well and the levator functions as well.
1: Wow, so that's quite an exhaustive array of tests you do yes. to sort of make sure that this is what it is yes. versus something else.
2: Yeah, sometimes we do need to form some blood tests and or imaging if you're thinking of a more severe uh Diseases associated with ptosis.
0: Right. So Dal, is it even possible to prevent ptosis?
2: Oh, yes. Actually, there are a few things that you can do to prevent ptosis, uh, like avoid rubbing your eyelids and or do not use a rigid contact lens. When you put on your contact lens, please be gentle to your upper eyelids because these are the most common culprits of the damage-related ptosis. Actually, uh, not all the t- cases of ptosis are preventable.
1: Okay, so... Which ones aren't then, I guess?
2: So the one can preventable, as I mentioned earlier, is like if you injure your upper eyelids, such as like you put your contour lens in and you stretch your muscles or you rub your eye a lot, that will detach the muscles from the insertion, insertion site. So like aging, you can't prevent that it will mm. happen yeah. yeah so for eye, eye surgery like cataract surgery lasik refractive surgery you can't prevent because the doctors is put is putting the speculum in your eye to stretch your eye because when they're doing the surgery that one you can't prevent you just have to ask doctor be gentle to your eyelids but right. think it, it might happen okay
1: <laughs> that i just feel really squeamish about that uh thinking about a speculum in my eye but can you know we do anything about getting ptosis then? You know, if we get that diagnosis, is there anything we can do?
2: Um, actually, for patients who refuse surgery or that, you can do, like what I usually uh, advise my patients, you can
1: put a tape a tape up your upper lid if it really affects your vision. Right. Yeah, that will help a bit. Are there any like eye aerobics you can do, you know, exercises and, and strengthening those muscles?
2: Yeah, unfortunately it can't really. Right? No! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the the next question that is probably in most people's minds, if surgery is the only option, does it hurt? I mean, is it painful?
2: Okay, so surgery, uh, we can actually perform surgery under local anesthesia or with sedation where patient actually alerts, but they can't feel anything during surgery. The other one is under general anesthesia. The only thing patient will feel is hurt is when we actually inject a local anesthesia onto the upper eyelids when patients do under local anesthesia. So uh, Mm. if you do not want to feel anything, you should ask the doctor to give you sedations or general anesthesia.
1: So, Dr. Tai, uh, we're mentioning surgery as sort of the option to help with droopy eyelids and the fact that when you're having the operation, it doesn't hurt. But what about post-surgery? What kind of pain or, or difficulties, challenges are you looking at? There.
2: So uh, usually after surgery, my most of my patients, I, w- I did ask them they don't really feel pain, and some of them don't even take the anesthesia that is prescribed. So what they describe is just like a sting at a wound, you know. And that's all they feel. Yeah, and the mainly it's like they feel like heavy of the eyelid because the eyelid is swelling after surgery. That's, mm. that's all. Yeah, a little bit discomfort, not really to describe as pain, but say
1: Okay.
0: What about in terms of finality? Is it possible for the droopy eyelid to recur?
2: Uh, Yes, actually, droopy eyelids actually can occur after surgery and uh, the reported recurrent rates is between 12% to 39% and it usually happens first year after surgery to 10 years after that.
1: Okay, wow, well, I guess the whole idea of, of having to have surgery is the last stopgap. I mean, what would your advice be, especially perhaps to women who are like me, always very rough with their eyes, you know, taking off makeup and stuff. Like I have to say, every sort of makeup person goes, you have to be gentle with your eyes and your eye area, And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now sitting talking to you, I realize that actually could be a potential big bigger hazard right
2: yeah yeah actually you're right yeah so because a lot of young ladies come to me the eye, either they are wearing contact lens and they're too actually rough with the upper eyelid or they actually rub the eye a lot or during makeup remover they do scrub the, the eyelids quite vigorously that's detach the muscles yeah from the eyelid.
1: so what's your your last parting words of advice to everybody who's you know worried about their eyes
2: uh, just to be gentle with your eyelids, if you do uh, have to wear contact lens, try to put out the lower eyelid more than stretching your upper eyelid. It, it can, you can, actually can do it in your contact lens. And then when you remove your eyelids, make up just to be gentle. Yeah, not too hard. And then if you notice your eyelids become droopy or asymmetry, I think you should just get the consultations just to be sure that there's nothing serious that causing ptosis.
1: Okay, so that would be going to go and see someone like you, an ophthalmologist, not your normal GP. I mean, going to the right doctor matters as well, right? Uh, yes, yes. Because we, we know what we are looking for. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Any, any other parting um, uh, words of caution, perhaps?
2: Uh, there's one thing that I didn't mention that so I would, I'd like to emphasize is uh, children with ptosis. Actually, ptosis also can occur in, as I mentioned, adults and children. So, well, normally in children, it's more like congenital. And then uh, for baby who's born with uh, ptosis, especially it's moderate and severe ptosis, you need to check their visions and then check their refraction because usually they will associated with astic, And then uh, you might need to do perform surgery early if they have a signs of lazy eyes or high power to prevent uh, lazy eye to prevent lifetimes, uh, poor visions, and to help the proper visions to develop. <laughs> So don't be
1: complacent about your eyelids, basically. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Tai. You've been listening to our special edition of HealthWise with Pantai Hospital Kuala Lumpur about droopy eyelids. And you can find this episode on our Light Breakfast podcast on the Shock App.
0: Screen to be sure. Together we find the cure.